Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Welcome, welcome. You are listening to the Newsbusters podcast. I am back, your managing editor, Curtis Houck. And sitting in with me today is your deputy managing editor, Nick Nightrain Fonacaro. Nick, how's it going? Doing well. How are you? Doing good, man. Um, so boss Tim Graham is out enjoying his birthday today. So wish him a happy birthday on Twitter at uh, Tim J. Graham. Um, so, yeah. So you're stuck with us today. Uh, so we've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, we have lies from The View among many lies. Lies, lies, lies and lies. And, yeah, lies, lies, lies and more lies. We have liberal utopias gone bad. We have John Fetterman being incompetent. And we also have Don Lemon sad decline into, I don't know, further irrelevancy as the new CNN is just going swimmingly well for Chris Licht. But I want to start with the lies of The View. You know, the issue, one of the biggest issues facing conservatives right now uh, and perhaps this is more insidious than a lot of lies they tell. You know, Joe Biden's out there talking about Social Security and Medicare or things that Republicans want to cut. Um, you know, he said that Republicans want to put people back in chains you know, about 10 years ago. Um, there are a number of lies that the media, you know, have create about Republicans um, that they're domestic terrorists, which is very dangerous, important discussion. We've talked about that before, that they really don't care about you. But one that really bugs me, it really irks me, that was the name of my high school newspaper column, education. There's this notion out there that conservatives, because they want to fight wokeness in schools and want to preserve the mental health of students who are already struggling to learn basic arithmetic and learn how to read, you know, do their times tables you know, figure out chemistry, uh, know how many states there are and label state capitals, that telling certain students that they are oppressors, that they possess white fragility, and that they should more or less be embarrassed and wish they didn't exist. All those things are going on right now. The, The conservatives are merely pointing this out. And for that, the left continues to lie. Instead of just admitting that, oh my gosh, like they do on guns, yes, we want to take your guns, they're trying to muddy the waters. They say, oh, CRT doesn't exist. We just want to teach students the real history of this country. Yeah, BS. Nicole Hannah-Jones has a number of issues uh, with the truth. Her shoddy ethics, her belief that America was built on the slave trade when 90% of the slave trade was outside the United States, that the founders abhorred it, that new slaves were stopped in 1808. I could go on. That's an entirely separate podcast we could do on its own. But the view possessed, you really distilled in so many minutes, Nick, the worst lie out there, that conservatives do not, think that history or that slavery should be taught in schools. Yeah, you had Alyssa Farrah Griffin, we'll play the soundboy for you here, but she just completely gets 
she she completely fabricates and completely it's a blatant lie about what Florida schools uh, teach kids about slavery and the like. Let's take a listen. Can I say one thing? Because I you think can. this is really important. What Ron DeSantis did with banning AP Black History, that is going way further than what many members of my party have, have raised concerns with. You're literally talking about erasing history, not bringing in the theories and the theoreticals and the more mm -hmm. college-level stuff that's in CRT. And how this reforming. is straight up saying, we're not going to learn about slavery. We're not going to learn about the Civil right. War. That's also that's happening much in more Texas. Dangerous. The only thing straight up about what she was saying is that it was a straight-up lie. <laughs> Straight up lies. And I'm about to pull up for us here in in just in a second because she she's going on about how I have I have her so-called on-air correction here. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get to that one in a second because um I, I just want to pull up here. So she she like as as we heard in the clip, uh they're not gonna learn about slavery, they're not gonna learn about the Civil War. Like that is just blatantly false because as um so what I have here is Florida's Department of Education's what, what they what they actually mandate on their what they show on their website is this is what the curriculum for teaching students about Black history entails: the history of African peoples before the political conf conflicts that led to the development of slavery, the passage into um, uh, the passage to America, so the actual slave uh, them coming over, the uh, the enslavement experience, so what slaves had to go through, what they experienced, the like the horrific, terrible acts that were carried out against them, abolition, which is the Civil War, Alyssa, and the history and contributions of Americans, uh, the, the, the history yeah. and contributions of Americans of African dysphoria to society. So basically, everything that they claim mm -hmm. of like... Whoopi, and we'll, we'll we'll get to this in a second too. Is Whoopi basically says they're trying to erase black people from us America? She literally says uh, the goal of the Republican base is to quote to pretend an entire section of the United States, she means black Americans, don't exist. To literally pretend black people do not exist at all is what she's claiming. It's it's absolutely freaking bonkers. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 absolute insanity what the, the the things that they're saying and this this is somebody who we know spends most of her time high as a kite and that that's really one of the few explanations for why she's a, why she thinks the way that she does and she was like scolding DeSantis scolding Sarah Huckabee Sanders scolding Abbott with black history saying it's like you guys are all old enough to have learned black history in schools and basically asserts that they're just scared of teaching it to other students because of what it is oh it's it, a black scare it's oh, it's a black scare that you, you're scared of black Whoop, people and Whoopi you're old enough you were born 10 years after the end of World War II you likely learned about the Holocaust in school Whoopi and you and it wasn't the Holocaust wasn't about race Right. Well, and we should point out too that when she doubled down over the holidays between Christmas and New Year's about thereabout, nothing happened to her at ABC. She, yeah, she, she doubled down. She it wasn't on the air. It was a it was in a I believe a print interview, but she doubled yeah. down on it, and nothing has happened since then. She she took things a she took things a lot like much further, and she basically is saying it's like I can, I can't hide being black, but Jews can hide being Jewish. It, it's like basically saying it's like the Jews are chameleons. Like right. they're able to hide. Hey, Muslims, like, stop wearing, uh, you know, burqas. You know, stop wearing. It, it's the whole thing is your just traditional dress. 
Well, and the other thing too, Nick, the, like the Nazis are people yeah. that were that believed in like the warped stuff of phrenology, where like they're measuring people's noses and stuff like that, and tracing genealogies. Like, like they they went through. There's a reason Anne Frank and her family hid in a crawl space, like an attic, instead of like being able to walk out in the street. Yeah, and while all the talk about Kanye distorting history is definitely important because people definitely listen to him. People point out Kanye and on social media has more followers than there are citizens of Israel, which mm. is just absolutely wild. And it's some of the most vile stuff you've ever heard. Not that I'm defending him, but even Alex Jones in those inter in the infamous interview where he's wearing like a bag, wearing some like some like a mask on his head, some weird, bizarre like loony bin thing. Uh, even he was like, "Woo, there, chief." Um, but the important point, Nick. That, we're, that we still need to mention is, why did The View do this? Oh, my gosh. Wait a second. What, who owns ABC? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The View is an ABC News product, and the owner of ABC is Disney. And who is, who is Disney currently in legal disputes with? Ron DeSantis, the person that who's, who's, look, who's like increasingly likely we're going to run for president. And who whose name do they need to smear at a national level? Yeah, DeSantis, oh, and, the guy. And the View yeah. did this on the same day that Disney, their corporate overlords, announced that they were going to lay off seven thousand people, and that they had lost millions of subscribers to Disney Plus. Well, mm, go work, go to, broke. To illustrate, I know, go work, go broke. To real quick to just button this up to illustrate my point, Jesse Waters played some clips uh, of this. I think the Proud Family. Um, used to be a show i think on regular disney channel but on mm -hmm. disney plus um let's just play one of those clips from this episode talking about white fragility well actually we're gonna play two the first one you're gonna hear is them lying about abe lincoln and then the second one is gonna be uh one gay dad lecturing the other one one is black and the other is white uh and they're gonna lecture him about you know how much they hate themselves and then the white guy's like whoa will you ever forgive me well let's just Take a listen. The Emancipation Proclamation only applied to Confederate states. Union border states were not required to abolish slavery. So it's true. Lincoln really didn't care about freeing enslaved people. Actually, he wanted to deport us. <gasps> Why are we just learning this? This should be the first sentence of his biography. No, no, I do not understand anything about white fragility. White fragility? What's that supposed to mean? You know what it means. You're doing it right now. Doing what? Being defensive about race. I guess I was so ashamed of the history that I couldn't face it. I wanted... I wanted to pretend that it didn't happen. Sweetheart, pretending something didn't happen doesn't make it go away. I know that now. My, my. You and your friends helped me see that and I am eternally grateful. Can you forgive me? I understand if you can't. If the goal of educating people about white fragility is depression, mission accomplished. Uh, you know, have them land on the aircraft carrier with the mission accomplished banner behind them because that's... Uh, that's pretty steep there. I mean, again, you go to this point. This is not just wrong. This is detrimental to society that these racial arsonists continue to have their claws in our education system. 
teaching children to hate each other and not view each other as equal in the eyes of God, uh, you know, made in his image, it, it's just a, a complete farce. This is the same sort of logic that we see with Nicole Wallace constantly talking about Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. You know, there could have been an asteroid or a tsunami somewhere and she's going to lead the show with Donald Trump. Same with The View and Joy Reid, Nicole, uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, Ta-Nehisi Coates. You know, when they're not just saying the quiet part out loud, they try to um, cloak themselves in very seemingly very inoffensive. That, you know, it's important to talk about the dangerous or the um, parts of our history that shouldn't make us proud. Yes, we know that. Nobody disputes that, okay? That's like... You know, saying pizza is good. You know, National Pizza Day is awesome, like which which it was yesterday. I mean, that's not objectionable at all. But here we go. You know, perpetual racial arsonism. And Bobby Burke, to give him a quick shout out at Outkick, has a whole column about this, that this is a cottage industry, which is really, I would say, no different than what the Lincoln Project does. Uh including the fact that both are interested in underage children. Uh, speaking about saying the quiet part out loud, Whoopi even says this about, like, when, even though she she keeps insisting that these CRT-influenced lesson plans are just about black history, she, set, she says the quiet part out loud here in that if you're so concerned about white children are going to feel bad because history happened and they happen to be white, how do you think black kids are feeling? Like, literally, it's to make white kids feel bad. Like, that's the right. intent. And that was Ta-Nehisi Coates' point last week on CBS, which was, well, do you think, you know, black people like talking about Emmett Till? I'm like, yeah. I mean, that's obviously true. That's not great. But there's a reason behind it that you guys do that, and it's for actual history. Again, this is the blurring of the lines. Of course we're going to talk about Emmett Till. Of course we're going to talk about Sally Hemings and uh, Thomas Jefferson like again this is just we're not living in reality uh speaking of somewhat not living in reality or I don't know to say barely living at all I just have to do a quick hit on uh John Fetterman well first of all we wish him the best I mean this isn't great a guy who's had a stroke um and lives in small town uh Pennsylvania with his kind of weird wife I, 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 I don't get it. Anyway, uh, he's hospitalized with a stroke right now or hospitalized as a result of fatigue from his stroke last year. Um, our buddy Stephen Miller noted um, that, you know, Annie Carney in the New York Times last night noted that Fetterman uh, has sometimes dr dropped in slurred words, but he's steadily improving. He did not suffer any cognitive damage, according to his doctors, in his trip to... Uh, George Washington University Hospital on Wednesday. But then this morning, we had honored Annie Carney, same reporter with the New York Times, say, um, but his adjustment to serving in the Senate has been made vastly more difficult by the strains of his recovery, which left him with a physical impairment and serious mental health challenges that have rendered the transition extraordinarily challenging, even with the accommodations that have been made to help him adapt. I was promised... He would be fine by January. Right. And we should also point out that Fetterman had a doctor. Well, he is a real doctor, but he's also a campaign donor. Put out a uh, statement saying that Fetterman 
would be better by, you know, the beginning of the year, early part of the year, and he would be able to fully perform his functions as senator. So, some, so I saw somebody today point out on Twitter that Kara Swicer literally said last year, like months and months ago, that oh she had like a one hour interview with him and there was she saw so nothing wrong. She saw nothing wrong. Vox last year on October twenty sixth, John Fetterman survived a stroke. It could be an asset if he's elected. All of society benefits when workplaces include people with a range of disabilities. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of true. Like, so that people have different lived experiences that are representing, uh, you know, all the various states and government and different leadership positions. However, it's kind of hard to do to have diversity and be an asset if you're laying in a hospital bed, not doing her job. I mean, this is complete media malpractice. I say, again, where does Dasha Burns go for her apology for pointing out that, yeah, talking to John Fetterman is a real chore, and he's really not with it, you guys. Yeah, like, the, one of the things I would like to point out, too, it's like, the, the these folks in the meter don't care about the people of Pennsylvania getting proper representation when somebody who they, they, they backed him pretty much just so that Dr. Oz couldn't be... A Pennsylvania senator or any Republican whoever won the primary wouldn't be a senator there. Like they, they literally did it just so that they can get the seat. And they don't care about the people of Pennsylvania getting proper representation from somebody that can do the job properly and doesn't it, this isn't this isn't ragging on him for his disability and the problems he's going through there's a certain job that a senator needs to do for the people of their state and he's not able to do it because of his condition it's sort of like saying it's like somebody's laid up in an iron lung you can't put him on the battlefield well it's the same thing with joe biden where are responsible adults you know it's Giselle Fetterman desperately wants the social media clout and the profiles in all the liberal magazines and newspapers um, that, you know, she wants to be a senator without, you know, officially the senator's wife. Joe Biden so desperately wants to be first lady and all the trappings of that while her husband is clearly, you know, drugged out of his mind most days. I think it's safe to say. So that's one issue. We'll stay on top of this uh, to see further developments. But again, the news media just really aren't interested in that because all they care about is the numbers game for them and all about control. Speaking of numbers, Nick. See. We got to talk about Don Lamont. Oh, boy. Yeah. uh, The the numbers or the lack thereof. Oh, oh, wait, what? I was going to. You're interrupting me. We're going to break. Yada, yada. Yeah. That this this is yeah <laughs> uh, man this, this, I, I feel that like this, te- th- 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 it was that bit no, no, yeah that that okay <laughs> okay so we're, we're trying to do our best Don Lemon Caitlin Collins impression um, <laughs> things are not going well for them uh, if it hasn't been played yet if you haven't heard it yet let's trouble just, in paradise oh trouble in paradise let's play a little bit of my supercut from uh, December eighth CNN this morning where. Caitlin Collins and Don Lemon repeatedly interrupt each other, more so Collins and interrupting Lemon, and how things grew increasingly agitated as the show went on. I know this is just audio, uh, so you have to go see the visual over at MRC TV or Newsbusters, but it's still, as an audio product, uh, pretty devastating. Let's hear a 
the back end of that right now. And Tony well, Blinken is speaking about that this weekend, too, about this possible deal for getting out of CNN's Frederick Plyken. Plyken. Before you go to Fred, can I just add? Frederick Plyken yeah. joining us uh, from Berlin with the news this morning. Um, I think we are told was... that uh, this swap happened at the Abu Dhabi airport. We're standing by for the ten... president of the United States. It's been 10 months since she's been held in captivity. 8.30 um, this morning. Okay. The, um, I just, we need to also tell you, see, President Biden expected to speak at the White House at any uh, moment now. And one he thing was to brief... watch... Stand by one second. He was brief throughout the morning. It was a way to confirmation from Griner back in, in U.S. Uh, custody. Yeah, yeah so, we know. Yeah. Right. And of course, conditions that she's been living through. The There's president, president of the United States is entering the room uh, with Griner's wife and wow. the vice president. Such and John, I'm glad moment. you were here with yeah. us. Thank Such you. important perspective. So things are not going well. Things are not going well. And once again, you know, the grocery store tabloids radar online reported that Don Lemon was under the impression that Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins would be his backup dancers, and he was Beyonce. That's really weird. But nonetheless, things have not been going well for them in the ratings department, which we'll get to. So we had that blow up. The New York Post reported that they can't stand each other. Caitlin is basically scared of Don. She spends as much time reporting back in Washington or wherever as she can. Um... And it's a problem because Lemon sits in the middle between them. So it's not like you could just switch it and put Poppy in between them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, things are just not well. Uh, so much so that when uh, Caitlin Collins interviewed James Comer after the State of the Union, after the interview was over, Lemon was not happy. Uh they were trying to go to break when Lemon said this. It was a great interview. Citing incredible sources, like citing the New York Post as a credible source and saying that facts are, it's just, I can't believe that we're here. Caitlin, that was a, a great interview. Was, All right, moving on. Um, anyway, well, now moving on because that's, listen, that's a big issue when it comes to the American, hold on please with the music. That's a big issue when it comes to the American people. The American people are going to have to suffer through all of this stuff from election deniers to people who don't believe in facts. We don't have a shared reality. And now it's taken center stage to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, a, an election denier, a conspiracy theorist, a QAnon sort of influencer or supporter presiding over the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. It's a sad day for America when that happens, and it's a sad time for us when we have to deal with that. And I also think... And that was the point I was trying to make. Well, first of all, this is part for the course making fun of the New York Post. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're not going to tell them that they're engaging in real news, despite the fact that the laptop has been validated over the last two years by the New York Times, the Washington Post, NBC News, CBS News. All places that when they have big scoops that suit their agenda, CNN rushes them to the air without independently confirming them on their own. We saw that happen all the time, constantly. Oh, oh, I remember back in the day, it'd be, I believe it was like five o'clock on like a weekend or like a, a weekday, uh, yeah. on a weekday and just like on a Friday, the New York Post or the Washington or New York Times or the Washington Post will just drop something at five o'clock and they would all rush to it. All the networks just like for 630. Yeah, they would all put, just the rush, rep- yeah. They'd put the reporter on the air immediately. That's kind of how it would go. And then they would eventually confer- independently confirm it. But uh, that's how this would go. Uh, But second of all, the bigger point is things are still icy 
there. And you don't really know how long this is going to last. Uh, you I, know, I'd like to point out the reason he has this attitude or this mentality that he's Beyonce and the other two are his backup dancers is because he got demoted from primetime and he's he, he continues to insist that it wasn't a demotion. It's like everybody, right. er, all journalist anchors would like to be either evening newscaster, uh, evening news anchor at a network or have a sh have their own show in primetime, not having to share a morning show. We're not going to play this clip, but uh, we'll play the clip. But we ask people to check it out at Newsbusters. Kevin Tober has a piece about Tucker making fun of Don Lemon. And I'll just read some of this. Doesn't he know that he's an idiot? No. He has no idea. This is the guy who once suggested that a commercial airliner had been eaten by a black hole. And when yeah. people laughed at him, he seemed completely unbothered by their laughter. In a world of intellectual pretense, Don Lamont is not ashamed of being dumb. Or for that matter, ashamed of anything else. When he got fired last year from his primetime gig for low ratings and reassigned to mornings, he told viewers it was a promotion, and he seemed to mean it. And then Tucker also pointed out... Uh, the thing that bothers Lemon the most probably is that, quote, he's not the prettiest person on the set. That drives him insane. <laughs> I almost spit out my water. Yeah, he said. He said that Chris Licht really ought to sit down with this guy over a few mango white claws and just let him know that just somebody else is pretty does not mean that you're ugly. <laughs> and Carlson Tucker also said they got to try something. Don Lamont is on the brink. Come on, Don. You're getting married. Somebody likes you. Yeah, somebody likes you. Um, and I should also point out the ratings. Oh, boy. The ratings are bad. The entire point of canceling New Day with Brianna Keeler and John Berman was that because they were pitiful in the ratings, they were the least watched show of the three major cable networks. At times, you would see Newsmax primetime programming beat New Day despite being in tens of millions less homes and not being shown at restaurants and bars against people in doctor's offices against airports. our wills airports yeah before they shut that down against our wills so despite that we have this story from the rap headline cnn this morning is the network's lowest rated morning show in a decade Ooh. a decade a decade Writers say CNN This Morning, hosted by Don Lemon, Poppy Harlow, and Caitlin Collins, has drawn in the lowest viewership among adults, 25 to 54, and the second lowest total viewership among each iteration of the network's morning programming since New Day was launched in June 2013. Yikes. Well, apparently, a CNN spokesperson talked to the rap, presumably Matt Dornick, I would think it's Matt Dornick, said this. CNN This Morning is off to a great start, seeing double-digit audience growth in just three months in the air, which is quite an accomplishment for a young show. With the show simulcast on HLN, CNN This Morning is reaching significantly more people than its predecessor. Duh. You're it's taking over a whole nother channel. <laughs> yeah. Right next to each other on the cable dial. Uh, and is regularly being out its competition in the demo. Well, let's take a look here. So it started with Chris Cuomo, Kate Baldwin, and Michaela Pereira. Um, and it, it, it had about 300,000 total viewers. Things went up then once Kate Baldwin uh, was taken out and Allison Camerata came in. It moved up to 435,000 total viewers. 
Um, and it was even further, it was about the same in terms of an uptick in the demo. Okay, that sounds great. Things hit it high in 2016 when it was Fredo and Allison Camerata. Oh, boy. That was that was a show. That was a show. Uh, it had 604,000 average total viewers, 207,000 in the demo. That was big. I, I'm still I'm still hung up on the they're counting viewers from another station for the show. And it's <laughs> I know, like right? it's like be, being someone that spent, has spent a lot of my time at Newsbusters covering the evening newscasts, I'm, and I'm just sitting here going, I'm like CBS could claw their way out of third place if they if they took over another station and were and like counted that number two. Duh, of course, like I mean this is it's cheating. Um, yeah, that's why, like, for State of the Union nights, everything is a really big number because multiple networks are showing the exact same thing. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. Uh, so then things went downhill once Fredo left. To the benefit of Newsbusters, I would say, especially to the benefit of Nick's career, <laughs> Nick moving, Cuomo moving to primetime was very good for yes. for your for your professional career. He keeps, he keeps life. hitting me with these lines right after I take a sip of water. <laughs> But so as such, the show declined. It only lost about 15,000 viewers in uh, the total viewership. But in the demo, it lost 28% of its viewership. So then 2020 fell even further um, to the point that it was axed with 474,000 viewers and 105,000 in the demo. Well, CNN this morning, not doing so great. Um it's not very good. 453,000. So Dornick is presumably is claiming that they're up. But I last I checked, 474,000 is more than 453,000. And there are 99,000 viewers in the demo, which is just astounding that you're in you're under six figures, which is astounding. Nobody is watching the show. It doesn't really know what it wants to be. Fox and Friends is a known entity. Morning mm-hmm. Joe, no, begrudgingly, no, no, no. known entity. It's weird with with Joe and Mika. And it, they just say Trump is a poop face over and over again. Republicans it, are morons. It's just a giant Mad Libs exercise in ways that we can, in how many ways and how many words can we use to insult Republicans. People know what that is. That is the morning show for the D.C. establishment. The corporate liberals... Uh, in New York and their political buddies in Washington. That's what they watch. CNN this morning, who watches this? The format, by the way, Nick, is completely the same. They have these segments that like the number of the day with Harry Enten, and they have this fresh new set, and they had these promos that it was like three friends doing a morning show. Kaylin had lived in D.C. She's 30 years old, so she's about our age. Mm-hmm. Whereas Poppy and Don have actually known each other. They've actually been friends. What was funny was they said they were all friends, but in the promos for their show when it was before it was launched, the stories of them being friends was, yes, Poppy and Don, that, like, Lemon flew to Europe for Poppy's wedding. Okay, yes, they're friends. But what about Caitlin, then? It's just kind of this third wheel. Yep. So it didn't even make sense to begin with. And there really was no sort of trial run at all. So that... Also, it's just a problem. Caitlin, who comes from a history of being in conservative media, who she did a little bit of a Benedict Donald. So there's there's probably some. Well, before that, resentment. she did before that. She did side boob slideshows. Oh, uh, Hot girl the, blown up the Internet for the smoke room. Look it yeah. up. 
Um, uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like, from what I've watched of the show, it, it's almost like they want to have something like ABC, like a fun sort of morning show thing where, like, they want to have, like, this, this energy of camaraderie and, like, fun stuff that goes on. Like, like eventually they might want to do like Fox and Friends or or one of the broadcasters were like, we're out in front of our building doing some fun stuff. But like in the meantime, they have like almost this phoned in friend energy mm. for the camera. Mm. Whereas I would say, though, it was clear that like Allison Cameron and Chris Cuomo were friends. It was clear that Brianna Keeler and John Berman were friends. Yeah, it's 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 like like they're like trying John, to. Oh, force... John Berman and Camerata had this entire tie thing. Like when she left to go to the af- weekday afternoons, Berman mm. did an entire segment about how she would text him the description of like the color that she was wearing, so he would find a tie that would match it <laughs> every day. Well, yeah, exactly. It's that's... a little wholesome content. Whereas like, was Don's wearing hoodies? Yeah, like d- wearing hoodie with a jacket and like these other weird like Don, Don you are not a f- like yes, I I agree that you are dapper and you wear nice things and you are suave way more than Cuomo did who literally wore the same thing every day, but you're you're not a fashion icon that you can get away with like a hoodie and a jacket and, and a suit jacket. I mean, again, that feeds into the content as you point out. It just feels like they're phoning it in. And then when you look at how Don rolls in, he looks like he's phoning it in. Or or, or or wearing that kind of thing. It's sort of like that attitude of like I'm I'm head honcho in charge that I can just do this stuff and I and I and I can get away with it. He might as well just wear the Melania jacket, like I don't care, do you or something, whatever yeah. that was. It's it's basically what Don does every single day. Don, you're not Steve Kornacki. You can't pull off a casual look. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. On the, air. Like yeah, gap, you know, dark, khaki, uh, like tight pants like you can't pull this off dude it's just not gonna work you know if they were gonna do this morning show it like you know don lemon and like brooke baldwin if she were still with cnn and maybe poppy like if they were that would have been they actually are friends or i don't know there's a number of other people but it's just been a complete disaster and chris like before we go is trying to fix this by changing up the primetime programming by at least one hour every night he wants to allegedly have, according to Puck's Dylan Byers, a different host every night. So he's trying to lure Democrat donor Gail King, and he's trying Charles Barkley. I mean, Charles is funny. Funny as all get out. You listen to the NBA, uh, inside the NBA, or the commercials, or his coverage of uh, March Madness. He's he's hilarious, funny guy, but. Ugh. He, they're not doing well with the talk show format right now, Nick, because they hired Chris Wallace, and I still can't get over who's talking to Chris Wallace is the name of his show. It's just so unoriginal. It's weird. It didn't work. Um, so the, you know he can continue to make excuses, but the news is not back at. And the inflection also matters when you're mentioning that that show's title. It's like who's talking to Chris Wallace? Exactly. Like it's somehow like. You don't know who this person is when it should be big names. So, well, that show flew by, Nick. Exactly. So, uh, as you can tell, we covered a lot of ground today. Um, I should also just add, finally, there is a story in the Los Angeles Times that you should look at. Uh, 
the headline, What's the Matter with Portland? Shootings, theft, and other crime oh. test these progressive strains. Oh, I I, I, I I, know what's wrong with Portland. They what? were They were dropped on their head as a baby. <laughs> Somebody pushed in the soft spot, and Mama used it as an ashtray. Uh, that, that's a Family Guy reference. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So please read that. It's just, it's, it is, it's a long, lengthy piece, um, but it's amusing because pr- the people reading this probably had no idea the nonsense that goes on in some of these cities with syringes and feces and, you know, public nudity, all that nonsense, uh, the smell of drugs, uh, smell of pot everywhere, drug deals everywhere, buildings in decrepit state. It's like a third world country. I blacked um, out for a second. Were you talking about D.C.? <laughs> Yes, uh, also D.C. is really bad, too. Uh, Congresswoman Angie Craig was attacked yesterday. Glad she's doing all right. Um, yeah, D.C. is kind of a mess, too. Um, I'm glad we're not in D.C. So, yep. Anyway, uh, as always, as Boss Tim likes to say, come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks oh, for listening. Bye-bye.